Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Over the years, I've come to discover that my college experience was different than most everybody else's. My college experience at Concordia University in Seward, Nebraska was apparently wildly different. To give you an example, when I was in college, I remember at one point in time sitting at lunch at the Janzow cafeteria and a debate broke out. The debate, you might ask, what was that about? Well, it was about prayer. Whether or not, if while you were praying, if you fell asleep, was that a good thing or was that a bad thing? Was it good because you felt so comfortable in the arms of your Lord that you felt that you could fall asleep? Or was it bad because you weren't taking God's word serious enough and your conversation with him enough? This was our debate. Apparently, that's not common. You guys that have all been in college, is that common? Do you guys normally break out into debate about prayer? I've been led to believe that that is uncommon. Another example, I remember talking about how if you read God's Word and you're in prayer, what happens if you get distracted? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? What happens if I'm in the midst of prayer and I begin to think of all the exam papers that I have to do? Is that good or is that bad? Is it, is it okay? How about whenever I'm done being distracted? Do I go all the way back to the beginning of my prayer or do I just pick up where I left off? Now, I admit, whenever I was in college, it was more of an academic exercise, you know, which one is good, which one is bad. But as I grew older, I began to realize that it wasn't just an academic exercise because there are, in fact, times whenever I'm in the midst of prayer and I find myself distracted. Just so much to do, so many things to think about, and my brain wanders. And all of a sudden, it's not an academic exercise, but it's a reality. What about reading God's Word? I do devotions every single day. I read the Bible every single day, but yet there's times where I feel so rushed, I got so much to do, to where after I'm done reading, I struggle even to remember what I read. If I notice it in time, I'll go back and reread. I know... I know after talking to a lot of people that I'm not the only one. I know that there's lots of people that go through these things, that they, they find themselves distracted in the midst of prayer because they have so many things going on in their lives and, and so many troubles to worry about and so much to do. And I know there's people that read through the Scriptures every single day, but don't ask them what they read last week. Some don't even ask them what they read yesterday. They just don't remember. They're reading it to read it. They're reading it because they know they need to read it. I've even met some people that avoid reading certain parts of Scripture because they know that those parts of Scripture will actually cause conflict, tension within their very system, and they don't like feeling that uncomfortableness. And so they just avoid those sections of Scripture. Or maybe they have a book or a video that they've watched or a book that they've read. And so not even reading it and letting it dwell, they already have their answer lined up. They already know what they're going to say. 
they already know how they're going to respond. And God's word is not even allowed to speak. And then I've met some people that don't even read God's word. They don't even want to chance it running into some of those things. They think what they think, they believe what they believe, and nothing is going to change them, not even reading God's Word. And that's where they're at. And that's what they do. I wish I could tell you that in the ancient world, nothing like that ever happened. That there is, there is never a time where, where people did these kind of things, but the reality is, is that there were times that they did. Synagogue. The way synagogue would generally work in the ancient world is, is somebody would, would have the scroll in front of them, usually in the middle of church, and they would read a portion of the scriptures. And then they had two sections for seating, one on one side, one on the other. But they're not like this, where they all face forward. They faced each other because they were going to talk. They were going to discuss and so discussion would erupt at the end of the reading. And they would discuss the different views, the different takes. And of course, there were others there that knew all the ancient writers, the older writers. And they would say, well, so-and-so thought like this. And so-and-so thinks like this. The Pharisees were notorious for this. They had read all the elders, all the ancients, and they knew them. And they had memorized them, and they could bring them to the table. And so they could discuss. No doubt the section, the, top, the, sec, the second the section of Scripture was read, they were locked and loaded and ready to go. They knew what they were going to say. They knew what famous person they were going to quote. They knew it all. They were locked and loaded and ready to go. They didn't exactly watch a video. They didn't have smartphones back then. I know, younger generation, it's scary. No smartphones. But they still understood what they were going to do. They weren't really paying attention to God's word. They weren't really allowing it to speak or breathe. They were instead just ready to go with their response. Now, in walks Jesus. And when Jesus speaks, he doesn't speak like they do. He doesn't say, oh, well, so-and-so said this about the text, or, or this person over here said that about the text. Instead, what he does is he says, this is what the text says, and this is what it means. He has an authority to the way he speaks. Now, a lot of people can come in and speak with authority. A lot of people can come in and say things. But in walks a man who's possessed by an unclean spirit. He has a demon. Now this demon says two things. He does two things. The first thing he does is he identifies who Jesus is, the Holy One of God. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't usually look for demons to be truth-sayers. I don't usually look to demons and say, oh, I'm going to trust what they have to say. And so I'm not going to take this demon at his word. He says that Jesus is the Holy One of God, but what really solidifies is, is what happens next. Jesus tells the demon to get out, and it does. It obeys. It has no choice. Jesus didn't speak some spell. He didn't have some special kind of hand motion that he had to do in order to get the demon to leave. He simply spoke, and it was. 
Because Jesus' words matter. Jesus' words contained authority. Jesus' words were important. Not just what he said in the synagogue, absolutely. But even when he spoke to the demon, the demon had no choice but to obey. In Epiphany, it's all about Jesus revealing who he is. And even here, Jesus is again and again revealing to those around him who he is. He speaks with authority. He speaks as one, not just who is reading some ancient scroll or some other famous somebody, but who one who knows it. His words have authority. His words matter. Now bringing that back forward to our own day and age, to our own thought, as we kind of look at this text and read it and read how it applies to us, it's very important that as we read through Holy Scripture, we understand whose word it is that we are reading. We are reading God's word. And God's word matters. It's important. It has authority. We listen to it spoken week after week. We at home, we read it in our Bibles. And yeah, sometimes we might get rushed and we, we rush through it. We have to go back and read it again or whatever it happens to be. But this is the calling of not just you, not just members of St. John's Sand Prairie, not even just members of like Lutheranism, but this is a Christian thing. Christians are called to read God's Word and to read it often. Now look guys, I'm a Lutheran pastor. I like reading Luther. I think Luther gets it right an amazing amount of times. Not 100% of the time. There are some things that, you know, that Luther said that I, I may disagree with. But if I start reading Luther and place him above Holy Scripture, I am not doing justice to the very Bible that I have. I am not doing justice to God's Word. I need to read God's Word. I need to be in God's Word. And as a Christian, we are all called to be in God's Word. One way or another. Whether we're reading it, whether we're listening to it. Yes, even audiobooks, they're a great thing. Now that's not to say that reading other people is bad. It's not bad. It can be very good. It can be very helpful. But when we start placing those other things above God's Word, we do an injustice to God's Word. God's Word is important. God's Word has authority. God's Word does what it says. And that's an important point. That's a huge point. You see, because in our lives, we run across things. We're going to read God's Word, and we're going to know that it has authority, and we better. Because then that means that the other parts of Scripture are also true, and they also ring true with authority. Not just some of the parts that maybe make us uncomfortable, but even the parts that we like. Jesus died on the cross to pay our price to forgive us our sins. And because His words have authority, because His words are important, we know that it is true. We know that those words are true. 
for you. You are forgiven through Jesus Christ. It's because it's what He did for you. It's because of what He said for you. And if Jesus said it, if God has it written down in our Bibles for us, then it's true. We stand forgiven through Jesus Christ. In His name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.